You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur? You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran. Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran. My guest today is Ahmad Georgi, who is the founder of Georgi Technology Leadership. And uh, I'm really excited to chat with uh, Ahmad because this is, you know, in the current crisis uh, around COVID, there's a whole lot of, you know, concern about showing leadership. Um, and, you know, a lot of our leaders seem to have abdicated their responsibility to lead. And so that's creating a significant leadership vacuum. And so I'm excited to discuss this with Ahmad. Ahmad, welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Wonderful. So, you know, you, you talk about um, leadership debt um, in industry as a whole. And so, first of all, for our listeners, let's define what leadership debt means um, and, you know, why is it worse than technical debt. But let's, let's just understand what, what you mean by the term leadership debt. Absolutely. appreciate you asking. So, it's a term that I came up with really to describe the crisis in leadership we're experiencing today um, in so many industries. I mean, for me, it started in the technology industry and really introspectively looking at my own leadership as well. And, you know, my, I believe my personal mission on this earth is to grow better leaders um, in technology and in general. Um, and so I'm very passionate about this. Um, you know, what are the two most dangerous things about debt? One is when I don't know what I owe. And another is when I don't know how I'm going to pay it back. And the thing is that leadership decisions are being made every day in every organization without understanding the long-term impact or even the short-term impact sometimes. And we're building up this debt that we don't know like how much we owe and we don't know how we're going to pay it back. And it, it has serious implications in all sorts of facets of business and organizations, you know, whether they're nonprofit or for-profit or whatever it might be. And so part of this is really bringing to light, you know, this term leadership debt is bringing to light the fact that everything that we decide as leaders and that we don't decide has an impact 
And we've got to open our eyes to understand what is that impact? What is that debt that I'm incurring? And how am I going to solve this debt moving forward? Great. So just to understand this a little bit better, um, in the case of you know regular financial debt, we owe money to someone. We, we have a debt that we need to retire, that we need to pay back. So in the case of leadership debt, as you refer to it, uh, what do we owe and to whom? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when we, uh, anyone takes on a leadership role, whether formally or informally, I believe the clock starts. Um, you have a responsibility to a number of stakeholders. First and foremost, you have a responsibility to yourself, you know, to be the best leader possible and have to have that drive. You have a responsibility to the people that you're leading um, to be that leader for them to play a role in growing them and pushing them so that collectively as a team you grow, but also individuals grow with you. You have a responsibility to the company and that you work for and the organization you work for as well. Um, in that case, it's to optimize the value out of the people that you have um, by recognizing their talents, recognizing where you can place them appropriately. Uh, you have a responsibility organization to scale uh, you have a responsibility organization to really dig in. So I think one of the key aspects of this is really how do you stay in the weeds and still be strategic? Because too often now I hear the excuses of I'm in too many meetings and certainly I'm in that myself. I'm in too many meetings and therefore I can't dig into this problem right now. So I'm just going to make a quick decision. Again, good intentions. But we've got into this place where for whatever reason, we're afraid of the gray areas. And um, things are binary all the time. It's either this or it's that. It's good or it's bad. And we uh, place that label on people too. We put people in a box. And I think our responsibility as leaders as well, not just as stakeholders and to people and to ourselves, our responsibilities as well to dig into the details and to understand intimately what we have whether it's in people or it's in assets or it's in software or whatever it might be, um, to get out of the black and white and get into the gray and get into the messy and be okay with that. Right. And so um, if we look at the, the, a day in the life of, you know, a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, or, or even a business executive, um, what can they do specifically to pay down this leadership debt. Um, so if I get up tomorrow and come to work, what things can I do? What's what's on my list of things I can do to retire this leadership debt? Oh, we need a podcast just on that. Um, so there's a number of things. I mean, one, I, I'm a big believer that it starts with you. So you've got to start introspectively. You can't give something you don't have. Um, so part of that is I, I'm very focused on ensuring that I have feedback loops, um, a number of them from different sources about how I'm doing with my leadership. So having good feedback mechanisms is really important and they don't have to be a formal 360 or something like that. It could be very informal on a daily basis. I think that's a big, big thing. You know, I'm constantly, uh, eager to learn, hungry to learn hungry to seek out the areas that I might be weak in. Maybe you think about yesterday, hey, there was a situation with uh, a team member or a peer or a boss or whoever it was. And, you know, I don't like the way I handled it. How would I handle it differently? And really breaking it down 
um, to understand, okay, this is an area that I, moving forward, can change and how, what am I going to do differently moving forward, whether it's with the feedback loop or not. So I think, number one, it starts with you and it starts really introspecting and understanding what am I going to change for the next day so that, you know, I can get better. Um, I, I think the second thing is really looking for measurement. I think measurement's a big piece of this is how am I measuring success uh, during my day? You know, oftentimes, you know, people go home at the end of the day and um, they don't even know what they've done. I, you know, I went to a bunch of meetings. Okay. So what was the impact? You know, so how are you measuring your leadership? I think is key. And it's such a weak area because, you know, you ask people, what makes a good leader and get a million different answers. So you got to have a definition for yourself and for your team too. The teams that work with you, they need to understand what does it mean to be a successful team under you, you know, and I think measurements help bring some of that awareness um, as well. So in, um, in organizations, um, how do you, how do you create the role that is responsible for measuring leadership debt and making sure that, People are doing everything possible. Um, in larger organizations, I imagine it's got to be more difficult because there are more players, more stakeholders, and it's not a it's not a simple process. So, how does that work? Yeah, I think both in large and small or, smaller organizations, it's it's definitely something that's doable and something that I've done before. Um, I think you know, number one, you've got to, um, in terms of measurement, really get down to the detail of what does it mean to be a good leader in your organization? So what does that look like? And defining that baseline, I mean, that alone is a huge gap. Um, sure. Most organizations don't have that, big and small. Even the larger enterprise organizations, they have their formal definition, but day to day, I'm talking about what people live and breathe every day at work, they probably forgot about those leadership principles. Sure, so, absolutely. Um, so number one is you gotta have the baseline, but then you gotta spend a majority of your effort on operationalizing that baseline. So this is what I mean by feedback loops. So to give you an example, if I say, look, you know, on our team, what it means to be a good leader is, number one, uh, you have to be accountable. You have to have a good sense of ownership. You have to be technically competent in my field, at least. Um, you have to um, you know, own problems and really see them as challenges. I, I define four or five traits, right, whatever they might be. Well, don't put them up on a poster and don't check in every quarter. How about every week? in our leadership meeting, we go around the room and rate each other on those values. Great. And what that does is it opens it up and says, it's perfectly okay to give feedback and that these traits are living and breathing and you're going to be held accountable to them. And now it starts to change some of the mindset, maybe even breed some healthy competition amongst leaders around, you know, who fulfilled that value the best that week and maybe break down even some situations together. So this is what I mean by operationalizing the values is, build the baseline, but really focus your effort on how do I implement feedback loops that make it living and breathing for people. Great. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a, a good plan. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Emma Georgie. Um, stick around. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. And we're back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. And my guest today is Emma Georgie, who is the founder of Georgie Technology Leadership. So, Ahmad, before the break, we were talking about leadership debt and how um, organizations, large and small, can, can kind of put in processes and systems to make sure that they're not suffering from leadership debt <clears throat> and making sure that they're doing everything possible to tackle that. But for smaller organizations, and many of our listeners are uh, business owners, entrepreneurs that typically have smaller organizations, um, maybe ranging from, you know, half a million to $10 million in revenue and solopreneurs to maybe 10, 15, 20 people uh, on, the, on their team. So in those situations, uh, for our listeners, how would, how would they look inward and spot the signs of leadership debt? What would they, what, the, what would they be looking for? even within their management teams, within their own work, um, what are some telltale signs that you can point to that says, okay, there's a problem there. You need to look closer. Yeah, it's such a great question. You know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and startups and, um, you know, smaller organizations have such a key opportunity when it comes to this topic. And the reason why is that as you grow and scale, you know, you don't, you know, it's a lot harder to evaluate the impact of leadership decisions. When you're smaller, you know, the impact you can almost assess immediately. Um, and I think oftentimes um, at the, you know, embryonic stages of a company, um, it's, you know, we don't put a lot of weight on implementing these leadership systems and how am I going to evaluate good leaders and what does that look like? You know, that, that's for the, that's for the enterprise companies. That's not for us. But what happens is that, you know, you don't wake up overnight and all of a sudden have an issue. That's a result of years of leadership decisions. You know, like oftentimes when I work with my technology clients, they'll say, Oh, we've got to rewrite this software that, you know, everyone's reliant on. Well, it didn't break down to, in, to such a way that we have to rewrite it overnight. It was a result of leadership decisions over time, right? Perhaps even towards the beginning of the company. So I think that entrepreneurs and uh, smaller organizations have a, such a key opportunity to be able to start instilling 
um, you know, uh, mechanisms to battle leadership debt. So one of the things that I counsel on um, with organizations of that size is, you know, exactly what we just talked about. What does it mean to be a good leader? Um, what's your vision for your leadership team under the CEO? What, what does that look like to you? What does it mean to have a successful team? And let's start measuring that. Let's start changing the way we recruit and interview and what we tolerate and what we don't tolerate in that whole process. And so when you start to do that early on, you build a culture where it, it really becomes easier as you scale because the culture becomes infectious and people sort of latch on. You, you know, you get what you attract, right? Um, and if your focus is elsewhere, if your focus is, hey, I just need to build this product, get it out to market, figure out if it can sell. Along the way, you're hiring people sort of accidentally, right? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, he sounds good. Or she sounds great. Um, all of a sudden now, your, your culture is not in your hands anymore. So I think companies at this size have such a key opportunity to take control of the story and really manage the culture in an appropriate way that does battle leadership debt. Right. So... Um, if we were to, um, if we were to, I mean, one of the greatest motivators for small business people on, and entrepreneurs and business owners to basically take any action that is not central to the core um, objectives of the company, of the business, it's very easy to get people to jump on board with an idea where you know, you say it'll get you more customers or more revenue per customer. It make you, you know, give you more profitability, reduce your expenses, um, you know, ensure sustainability of your business for over the long term. All of these types of initiatives, those kinds of ideas, need no selling. People will jump on and salute smartly. Um, so, you know, for for business owners to kind of sign up to reduce the um, leadership debt within their organizations, it would be great for them to understand what a debt-free leadership team can actually accomplish. How does that actually translate to the bottom line? So can you, can you offer some ideas around that? Absolutely. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be part of some of those teams and part of building some of those teams as well. And I think that, you know, the number one trait, um, I believe, of a leadership debt-free <laughs> um, team is ownership. So number one is, you know, you really have a team of problem solvers, uh, not problem reporters. Um, they um, look introspectively first at how they can play a role, that individual, particularly on the leadership team, in the overall problem rather than spending time on blame. You know, I had a, a mentor of mine that said that blame is the enemy of improvement, and it's, uh, it's so true. Um, so I, I think the number one value is ownership. I, I, I think the uh, number two value is feedback, and being open to feedback and really everyone being on board to, hey, we're part of something greater here. And um, the goal is not, you know, hey, if I give feedback to Ahmad and he gets insulted, um, now, now not only do I send the message that feedback's not welcome, I'm sending the message that I'm actually much more important than the team. Um, if I'm ascribing to the team and bettering the team and bettering the company, then feedback is just feedback. You know, it's it's... It's something that I need to wrestle with and, and figure out and improve. 
And I think there's also with teams, you need mechanisms where uh, people are able to uh, be very aware of when things fall short of the culture that you're building. So if those are our values, you know, ownership and feedback loops, how often are we checking that that's actually occurring and making that conversation okay? Um, that's really important, right? Being able to check in and call each other out in a healthy way, but being able to say, hey, you know, you, you fell short this week. What happened? How can we help? You know, what was the situation? Let's work through it together. And doing that as a leadership team together where you feel supported, you don't feel threatened, you don't feel like someone is going to jump down your throat because, you know, you made a mistake. Um, I think those are really solid foundations. And by the way, those are solid foundations for any relationship, <laughs> even outside of work, you know, or parenthood, right. You know, with kids. So there's, there's things that, you know, I think that are pretty universal there that at the end of the day, people, um, I, myself included, you know, we want to feel relevant. We want to feel that we're making an impact. We don't want to spend energy on defending ourselves and, you know, blame and pointing the finger. I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning and wants to do that. So I think building a leadership culture around those values is, is a good foundation. Yeah, and um, so have you had, I'm sure you've had uh, a lot of experience with um, lots of organizations, large and small, that have gone through this journey of identifying, uh, you know, the, the, the existence of leadership debt within their organizations and then working towards a debt-free state. Um, what, what, is, what is an average sort of time frame um, where this process can actually take place. I mean, is this is this typically a long drawn out process that is three to five years in the making, or is it just? I mean, I suppose that varies by company, but broadly speaking, is there an average time frame that you would say this process would take roughly this amount of time? Yeah, there is. And before I address that, just you know, it, as you said, you know, with every company, it's different. It's really more about the size of the leadership debt issue. Uh, you know, a smaller company could have a much bigger debt issue than an enterprise company potentially. It, it all depends. Um, so I, I think the first goal when I work with organizations is really assessing the extent of the, the issue. And then, you know, what, what do we want to accomplish here? What is, what is the leadership team of the future look like? But typically, um, the playbook that I've used, we work off a three to six month cycle where we establish that baseline, we measure where people are against the baseline and set plans on not only individual career growth, but leadership team career growth, where we're actually coaching through very specific situations that they're experiencing every day. So it's kind of like, you know, you're training muscles, right? You're going to the gym and you practice, practice, practice until you get stronger and you hand off. So typically it's three to six months. Um, and then, you know, we identify quarterly goals beyond that based on where we want to take the culture and the leadership team and the values that we want to focus on. That sounds great. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Emma Georgie. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Emma Georgie, who's the founder of Georgie Technology Leadership. Um, so, Emma, before the break, we were talking about um, you know, how organizations might be able to realize that they have a, uh, a problem with leadership debt within their companies and what they might do to kind of work through that. Um, do, you, do you engage with um, clients on an individual basis? Like, for example, if uh, some of our listeners were interested in working with you, uh, how would they go about doing that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, help a number of executives, not just technology executives and middle managers, by the way, where I believe most of the leadership debt occurs, you know? Um, uh, so absolutely, you know, they can connect with me um, best ways through LinkedIn um, that way. And I think that, you know, we talked earlier about establishing a baseline for what does it mean to do a good job in your particular role? That alone is huge. I mean, people respond so well to that because most of the time people don't even know where they stand. You know, and, you know, where are they falling short? And even when they do understand, they don't know what to do about it. So um, I think establishing the baseline is a a focus of mine and then connecting it back to the day-to-day of their work and the situations that they're facing. Um, But, yeah, I I work with a ton of individual leaders. And um, so LinkedIn uh, is the best way to uh, contact you? Is there there a a website or can people reach you by email? Is that is that? preferred or you'd prefer that people message you? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is best or via email. Um, so it's my first name, Ahmad at AhmadGeorgie.com. So that is E-M-A-D. That's right. At E-M-A-D-G-E-O-R-G-Y.com. That's correct. Uh, Wonderful. Two best ways. Okay. And so uh, one last question before before we, we close. Um that are happening in the workplace today um, and all of the improvements that are taking place and the challenges that are coming up, what are you most excited about for the future? You know, I think there's um, a lot of exciting things. 
I mean, we're, I think, at a time of some very sharp awareness on leadership deficiencies. And I think that's where change begins, you know, is that awareness. And um, I think there's a greater understanding where um, leaders fall short. Um, and that's huge. Um, you know, I, I think an indicator of, quote unquote, uh, toxic cultures is when uh, bad leadership can hide in the culture, right, and not be held accountable. So I think we're at a time where that is actually not the case. Um, things are brought to light uh, much quicker than they were before. And um, really now you're seeing more of an openness to, all right, well, what, what do we do about this? Um, and that's exciting. You know, um, whether it, you're talking about organizations or you're talking about your own individual life as well, you know, that awareness that leads to, okay, now what? Like, I see the problem. How are we going to solve this? And so that excites me because, you know, I've been using this playbook on leadership growth and development for many years, and I know it works and I know it helps people. And fortunate enough to have played a role in a number of folks' careers and, and leadership teams as well. So, you know, I, I think we're in this very special time where people have their minds open, their hearts open, and um, now want to take that next step. Excellent. Well, Ahmad, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be on our show. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you again at some point in the future. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would love that. I appreciate the, the opportunity to speak. Yeah, thanks a lot. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.